Welcome to the Linder Farm Network Field Talk Podcast. I'm Dan Lemke. The Senate on Sunday passed the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. The bill now moves to the U.S. House. The measure includes about $370 billion to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. While the jury is still out on all the impacts the sweeping bill will have, American Coalition for Ethanol CEO Brian Jennings says there are some provisions in the bill that are beneficial for ethanol. The enormous piece of legislation, um, over 750 pages and obviously billions and billions of dollars, but there are some, I think, very beneficial provisions in here, whether they are new tax credits or other incentives that provide support to ethanol well into the future. Um, just a few examples would be, you know, half a billion dollars over the course of nine or 10 years for USDA to help install equipment at the retail level for E15 and E85. So that's a that's an unprecedented amount of money available for higher blends infrastructure. Um, these these carbon capture and sequestration pipelines that, that want to be built that are involving ethanol producers are going to get some really nice incentives relative to the tax credits that they can qualify for. Um, for the first time in in decades, there will be a new production tax credit. There used to be a blender's credit that, that companies that blended ethanol with gasoline would get, um, but that expired a long time ago. But this bill would create, starting in 2025, a new clean fuel production tax credit. So ethanol and biodiesel and other fuels that reduce carbon intensity compared to gasoline would qualify for that. Uh, in addition to a sustainable aviation fuel credit, um, and then it's just a gigantic amount of money. I'm not sure how they'll even be able to spend it all, frankly, but um, upwards of $18 billion for USDA to work on uh, US, uh, on climate smart ag practices, which which ACE has been working on to help you know bring down the, the carbon score of corn ethanol. So there's a there's a lot in this bill. Jennings says it's likely that the House will approve the measure unless House members insist on making changes to the bill. So the early indication is that it is likely that the House will approve this bill um, on Friday, the 12th of August. Is the current time frame that we are being given um, from from our contacts in D.C. The House was on their uh, so-called August recess, so they'll have to call everyone back in. Um, If the House insists on changes to the bill, I think that probably... Uh, dooms it because it sounds like the Senate is done. They're not going <laughs> to take this thing back up. But um, if the House is willing to pass this as is uh, and send it to the president's desk, then then it obviously will become law. So we'll just have to, to wait and see how the House handles that later this week. Jennings isn't sure if this will mean an increase in ethanol facilities, but it will likely provide incentives for expansion and boost demand for ethanol. Great question whether this would result in more ethanol facilities or biofuel facilities. And I'll be really honest with you. I don't know whether that is the case or not. It could very well be. You know, this new production tax credit for clean fuel um, that kicks in in 2025 and it goes through the year of 2027, it starts with a base value of 20 cents a gallon for your fuel if you reduce carbon intensity compared to petroleum by about 50%. And so as these new technologies are being implemented by biofuel producers, um, it could be that that just helps 
existing producers expand. But on the other hand, Linda, that sure could be um, maybe a nice incentive for, for new plants that want to build as well if they know they can get a production tax credit for a couple of years. And so I think it remains to be seen whether that will result in new facilities or not. There are also electric vehicle incentives, but Jennings thinks renewable fuels and electric vehicles will be able to coexist in the future. He says the Senate-passed bill does have stipulations on the incentives for electric vehicles. I really do. I'm of the philosophy that the ethanol industry and, and the electric vehicle do not have to be mortal enemies. I think there's a there's a place in the future for both. And you know, frankly, I like what Congress, what Senate, the Senate did in terms of clamping down on these electric vehicle tax credits. They they made it so, um, you know, you can't you can't get a tax credit if you're super wealthy and frankly don't need it to buy, you know, three or four Teslas. They're targeting these tax credits to more of the middle income earners around the country. They're capping the value of the electric vehicle in terms of what can qualify for the credit. And then the thing that I think is really important is the full, the full electric vehicle credit will not be granted unless the, the minerals, the cobalt, the lithium, uh, the different, you know, minerals that go into making these batteries for these electric vehicles, unless they are um, mined and, and processed and the batteries are built, in the U.S. or North America. And so I think that's really important. And a lot of the electric vehicle proponents are whining about those provisions, but we don't want to rely on the Congo or for China for uh, lithium if, if more electric um, vehicles and their batteries are going to be made. We ought to be relying, like we do with renewable fuels, um, on a domestic source. And so uh, I like the way the, the Senate sort of targeted and and clamped it down on the use of these electric vehicle tax credits, I think it's going to be beneficial. Thanks for joining us for this Linder Farm Network Field Talk podcast. Be sure to catch the latest in farm news and market information on your local LFN affiliate.